the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I can go if you want to go. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Interesting jobs report. Interesting reaction on the 10-year treasury. It's one of those kind of bad news is good news. And... That's kind of the way it works sometimes, and that's okay. The job creation slowed dramatically with payrolls up just 75000 in May. You know, I say the only day you really have to pay attention to Wall Street or maybe economic data is that first Friday of the month. And taking a look at the calendar, it's the first Friday of the month. So the jobs reports, the non-farm payrolls, and we talked about non-farm payrolls earlier this week. So if you didn't hear it, maybe go back and catch the podcast. You can find the podcast at kdow.biz or at robblackshow.com. So uh, economists surveyed expected about 180,000 jobs, so we came in at 75,000. And March's job report was revised from 189,000 down to 153,000. The unemployment rate stayed at a 50-year low of 3.6%. That's a good number. But inside these numbers is where you start getting the problem. Average hourly earnings year over year were up 3.1%, a little bit lower than expectations, but not enough to get people stressed out. The 10-year Treasury plummeted to its lowest since September of 2017. That should be good if you need to refinance or if you need to get a mortgage. Money is cheap again. Money is cheap in large part because uh, – a lot of people are buying U.S. debt right now and pushing the cost of money down. Again, bad news is kind of good news. Um, and it just seems like we continue to magically keep interest rates low. And then inflation doesn't seem to be rearing its head. And we have to have a new thinking about what to expect. And again, that is until it goes back to the old ways, right? 
Um, there were there were two big surprises. One, private payrolls were rather low at ninety thousand, but what was the biggest surprise was the census workers are not coming in. Um, payroll gains have averaged one hundred sixty four thousand in two thousand nineteen. So when you see the number at seventy five eighty five thousand, that's significantly lower on the year. That's also lower because in two thousand eighteen we averaged two hundred twenty three thousand new jobs a month. Now. I don't see this as disastrous. The unemployment rate's still pretty low. People who are seeking jobs or people who just give up kind of disturb the numbers. Uh, that's where there's some darkness inside of, of the economic data. So bad news is good news. I hate saying that to you because it feels so slimy. Um, it seems like a, a bad excuse, right? Take a look at some of the other stories out there. Jeff Bezos was given a speech, and one of the things he said in his speech was, blah, uh, space, blah, 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 the final frontier. We need to go to the moon, otherwise we're going to have big problems. Interesting, right? Um, and then a heckler got up and started giving him grief. I think we live in the world where we're starting to really hate Jeff Bezos. He went from an entrepreneur to kind of an evil figure. Yeah, no kidding. Aging population creates healthcare job boost. Oh, boy. We need to take care of our old people, and there's money to be made doing it. A formerly torrid labor market, as it starts to cool, we will continue to see that we're adding more and more health care. If my son were to say, Dad, I'd like to be a nurse, I'd be like, well, you're probably going to have a job for the, your whole life. I kind of secretly want him to be a veterinarian. Because um, people, you know, you know, we're always going to have pets. And that doesn't seem to be an industry that's really affected by slowdowns. So... Healthcare and social assistance added 24,000 new positions last month. This was inside the numbers. Older Americans will outnumber younger Americans by 2035 when people over 65 are expected to total 78 million people. Now, we spend a ton of money on healthcare as a nation. It's about 18% of our GDP. You should look for investments in this area. If you have not saved enough money, and you're ready for retirement, you should try to stay in as good of health as you can. Or consider some side jobs, some side hustles, where maybe you can help other people. Because it's not going to go away. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about today, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, big day. It's fascinating, isn't it? Last week, we were getting gloomy, and I got gloomy. I was listening to too much of the uh, presidential dialogue, and I got gloomy. So I didn't sell anything. I didn't panic. I didn't get depressed. But I got gloomy. And this week, whoa. It's like, are we going to hit all-time highs again soon? Whoa. It's that kind of market right now. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 231. The NASDAQ is up 85. The S&P 500 up 25. We're off the races again. So do I expect Apple to go back to 210? I do. It's at 188 right now. Um, am I saying it's going to do it? I can't guarantee it. Um, but it's out there. That's the kind of market this is right now. It's just 
we sold off. We dipped. But again, I, I always want to change topics because uh, I don't think I'm helping you at this point in time. Let's see what I can find value in for you today. It's no longer a question of whether the Fed will cut interest rates. It's now a question of when. So economists said it now feels like the Fed will move to cut rates this year, possibly as early as July. Rates are already being cut. The 10 years going lower. See how it's kind of working? So the bond market's telling the Fed, you need to do this. And last couple of weeks, I've been going out of my way to tell you how the bond market is pretty smart in real time. And the stock market is pretty psychic six months from now. So this is a true slowdown in hiring right now. Sometimes you could be dismissive of monthly volatility. But when you see numbers from the past month revised lower and this month lower than expected, and then you look at the year over year lowering, you're going to see the Fed cut rates. Now, again, did they wisely raise interest rates to give them the position to have the ability to lower interest rates? Other countries didn't do that. So they don't have the ammo that the Federal Reserve does. Was it wise or did they cause the slowdown in jobs? It's one of those uh, chicken before the eggs, right? Which came first? Companies are nervous about tariffs and they're nervous about any kind of slowdown. So you don't hire people, especially smaller companies. You slow down that hiring process. Taking a look at some of the other stories out there. Barnes and Nobles can be taken private by a hedge fund. It's one of those companies that I just can't care about. It's just not relevant. Um, I know that's a tough and harsh thing to say, but Barnes & Noble said they're going public, uh, private, $475 million uh, Elliott Management Fund. Hedge fund is taking the private. They'll probably fire a couple employees. They'll probably close a couple stores and try to bring them public in a couple years for more than they're taking private with. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. One of the kind of stunning stocks to look at in this day and age. It's the story of this year, in my opinion. It's the most successful IPO. And you know, of course, I'm probably talking about Beyond Meat. Um, I know, I know. Uh, I don't even know if I should be promoting this because I, I don't know if I'm telling you to. I like it. I, I don't own it. I'm not. Maybe I'm getting you into it. I don't know. Uh, something feels wrong about me talking about it, but it's the story of the year. The stock is on a tear. Better than expected revenues. They said that 2019 sales would top $210 million, more than doubling year over year. Stock's up 20. I know. It's really, really nice work, right? Twenty Up 26% today. 
sitting at $126 a share. Kramer goes on CNBC every day and he laughs at the stock. I, I, that bothers me a bit, but he's got a point. It's trading at 36 times sales. Uh, investing is learning how to compare things. And let me give you an example. Let's pull up uh, Facebook. Uh, when you pull up Facebook, you go to some of their statistics and you see that they're trading their market cap valuation compared to their sales is eight times. Now let's go back to Beyond Meat. It's at 36 times. That's pretty crazy. Everyone kind of hates Zuckerberg, right? He's this rich guy that we don't like because he shares information, but he gives us a free service. Oh, I love Stanley Drunken Miller this morning. In financial media, he goes, if you don't like Facebook and Google using your, sharing your privacy issues, don't use them. How practical is that? But yesterday, I had the same conversation. I, I use Google Docs all the time, and I have to use my Google password to log in, and they're collecting data on me. And I, I kind of live with it because it's free. All those years that Microsoft had that monopoly that they were kind of abusing by charging, you know, $199 for uh, Microsoft uh, Outlook and, you know, Microsoft Office, and you can get it all with PowerPoint or all without PowerPoint. And then Google comes along and gives it away for free. Not as robust a product, not as, how shall we say, uh, uh, refined. It's not bad. But uh, if I don't like Google using my information, I better you know, be prepared to pay Microsoft $199 for Office, right? So back to Beyond Meat. Stock's up 400% from its IPO. Okay. Uh, it's frankly amazing. Now, keep in mind, there was a period of time where a lot of grocery stores came public, like Sprouts. And there was this church of what's working now is what I refer to it. And we wanted the next green grocer. We wanted the next healthy grocer because we saw the millennials. They care about – they don't want frozen food. And we saw Whole Foods come public and do its thing for many, many years, great run. So we're just like, let's find the next one. Let's find the next one. So there's going to be some copycats. And Tyson's already said, you know, we're coming out and we're coming out with a, a, a meatless burger too. So don't get too caught up if you know what I'm saying here. Sprouts Market – when it came public, it went from 20 all the way to 30, all the way back down to 20. And that's in the last year. At one point in time, the stock was as high as 37. Now it's back down to 20 because in the end, it's a grocery store. In the end, it's a meatless burger, right? But there is kind of that church thing going on where we become kind of religious fanatics. We, we want to be better human beings, and we want the millennials to lead the way because, well, quite frankly, I want my steak this afternoon. So management addressed everything investors wanted, including production capacity, product cost, and competition and growth. Should it be worth 36 times earnings? Well, if they get 15% of the vegan market, yeah, it should be. That's the big question of, of what percentage of the meat market they can they claw into. Should you be over time be buying this? If you ever want to buy it, 
the way I'd say is look at it as if your portfolio is 20 stocks or 20 investments and you say 5% for each. Now, that's really rudimentary and it's really not a good idea to go off that kind of calculation. But you would say, I'm going to buy 1% today. I'm going to fill up my position with another percentage buy of 1% in 90 days and another 1% in 90 days and another 1% in 90 days. And then you would have your full position and you would be scaling into it. You'd probably get a little higher, a little bit lower. At this point in time, you most have to wait for the insiders to sell um, because it's crazy expensive. More production, lower costs, check. CEO Ethan Brown addressed growth, saying reorder rates for Beyond Meat products were very high. Talked a little bit about competition. And um, why didn't people like me scream buy Beyond Meat 90 days ago? Because we've never seen a food company valued like this. Beyond Meat wants to be thought of as the gig economy, technology-driven, platform-based tech company. They don't want to be known as a food company, which is pretty crazy. But that's what it's doing. And right now, there's a big short squeeze that's that's driving the stock higher. More than 33% of the shares for Beyond Meat for trading have been borrowed and sold because bearish investors expect the company to flub and go lower. So now... A short seller is opposite of someone who goes long. If I buy, say, Apple at $180 a share, I want to sell it at $220. That's just an example. I'm not using a real-life example. It's just a a made-up example. A short seller basically buys, sells the stock at $180, and he plans to buy it. Am I saying that right? Yeah. And he has to buy it when it goes lower. That's the idea. Um, sometimes my head just is a little discombobulated today. So what a quarter. And at some point in time, I think I'm going to be coming back to it and saying, well, I hope you didn't buy it after that quarter. But I can't predict that because I, I don't do the church of what's working now. I stay away from story stocks. It's the old Forrest Gump thing. That's a great story. And you tell it so well. I thought Forrest Gump was the biggest piece of trash movie of all time. But everyone liked it. So I'm not a big Tom Hanks fan. I think his acting is very one-dimensional. But hey, that just puts me in the, how shall we say, outlier. Anyhow, and anyway, markets are doing great today. Beyond Meat's doing great today. Those are the big stories. The you know, 10-year treasury is sinking. I would consider a refinance. I got a mortgage maybe 14 months ago that I'm, I'm going to run the numbers on. Because big difference between 45 and 3.5% when you're borrowing money. It's almost exponential. It's that big of a move down. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, and YouTube, Rob Black Show. In a place, in a time, Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm not 
a momentum investor. I used to be when I was younger. Now what I like to do is buy great companies and find up and coming great companies and find trends to invest in that should run for a very nice long time. The aging of America, obviously. The millennials growing up and when you grow up, you start buying houses and putting stuff in your house and you start marriages and kids and schooling and you spend money. Right? God. Momentum. Hey, I'm proud that I own, you know, companies like Visa and MasterCard and Microsoft and Apple. I'm proud that I own great companies. Am I looking for the next PayPal or the next uh, Visa, which could be PayPal, which could be Venmo, which could be I'm, – I'm not always looking that way. Do I look at what Square is doing and say, that's pretty interesting? Sure. And on occasion, I'll nibble at that. To me, you know, the Chinese-American tariff war going on right now is creating enormous opportunities in companies like Alibaba and Tencent. They're basically Americanized versions of Amazon. Oh, they're Chinese versions of Amazon. You know what I was trying to say. Don't, get, don't make me angry. You don't want to see me when I get angry. And I know I'm not going to do Hulk smash today, even though Hulk smash is, is in me, right? Um, Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer. Pretty good names if you want dividends and you want healthcare exposure. Problem is, sometimes going into election years, they also become very easy targets. Um, you know, my mother, Ma Black, also known as Eunice. <laughs> How's that for a horrible Southern name? Oh, my, my, my. Uh, last count, she was taking seven, eight, nine medications a day for the rest of her life. That's pretty powerful investments when you start thinking about it. And what do we keep hearing about? People are getting older. So I'm not a momentum kind of guy. I'm a trend kind of guy. I like looking at the census. I talked about that this week. Um, I like to look at where people are moving to. One of my former tricks when I was 20 plus years ago starting in the industry was I read business journals. And every major city has a business journal. San Mateo Business Journal, San Jose Business Journal, San Francisco Business Journal, Raleigh Business Journal. You get the idea, right? And inside these business journals, they're kind of like faux journalistic productions. Let's say you're not going to see a New York Times writer working for the Raleigh Business Journal. But you're going to find a, a business writer who says, Cisco Systems just purchased a new building in Raleigh-Durham. And they're going to be staffing up to 800 employees. So to me, when you just purchase a building, that means you're planning on putting people in them. And you're counting on new business because you don't just put purchase buildings and put people in them for, the, for losing money. Um, and that kind of gave me a hint at pay attention to Cisco. One of the stories I, I like to tell is my very first fan in radio was a guy named Nilfin. And he's dead. He's passed away. Um, he was a janitor from Chile. And uh, he had three kids. And he did listen to the show while he was, you know, he basically hired a lot of immigrants and gave them jobs in America. Good guy. And he'd listen. He'd give me feedback. And uh, 
you know, he was religious about it. He, you know, gave me good feedback. He gave me bad feedback. I liked it. So I'd go to lunch with him on occasion. I'd pay. I'd, you know, he was incredibly generous. Uh, he wasn't a client or anything like that. Uh, but he worked, one building he worked at in Vienna, Virginia, uh, rest in Virginia, was a company called America Online. And this was back in the early 90s. And he said, they all have one desk. And they're basically now working 24-7-365. So if you had a desk, you shared it with someone. So you would work eight hours, someone else would come in and work eight hours, someone else would come in and work eight hours. And then he said they started sitting two at a desk. And then he said they were, bought another floor. And then they bought a third floor. And then they bought a building across the road. Same thing. So he kept buying the stock. I owned AOL too. It was a magical investment at its time. Steve Case became very, very rich. They bought Time Warner. It's ludicrous to look back on what a magnificent uh, flub that was. Uh, and it, it shattered and fell. You've got mail. It was a horrible, it was an internet in a box or an internet in the internet. It was, it was awful. But it did very well. And it helped companies like Motley Fool, you know, really launch something. So it was a decent platform on some levels. But he went from 1 million to 2 million, 2 million to 4 million, 4 million to 8 million in one stock. And his wife kept telling him, Nilthan, Nilthan, you have to sell it. And he would never sell it. And then finally he sold it at 8 million. Took care of his family for the rest of his life. Probably due to cleaning chemicals, got really, really bad cancer in his head and died. Um, I tell that story because I think you see stories like that. And sometimes you just don't act on them. Uh, I drive by Facebook every Friday. Monday through Thursday, I go to San Francisco. Friday, I go to Fremont. So if you want to kill me, you know where I am, right? Please don't kill me. Um, but I, every Friday, I drive by Facebook. And I saw them by the Sun Microsystems campus, which I thought was uh, a good move. You know, Sun Microsystems was once a huge company, and then it went basically straight down. Scott McNeely was a great invest a CEO of an IPO of a new company of a fledgling company. He was able to put together some of the smartest engineers and come up with great products that really powered the internet. But then he became a horrible CEO at basically managing, managing a big Titanic type ship. He was good in the dinghy and he made the dinghy look like the Titanic, but then he couldn't steer the Titanic as well as he could steer the dinghy. So I've seen Facebook add building after building after building after building after building. On my drive, they've, they've really, how shall we say, cleaned up East Palo Alto and Menlo Park. Um, they've put beautiful buildings. They've got a building that has a park on top of it. And they, they built it, and it took maybe six months. I've never seen a building go up that fast and that furious. And then they, they bought land next to it and bought another building. Wow, 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 wow. They've got corporate housing for employees, but they have a park on top of a building. That's a buy signal. It's also kind of like Rome, where it doesn't end well. I'm not sure their virtual reality Oculus headset is the best use of money. I'm not sure Jeff Bezos spending a lot of money going to the moon is the best use of money. 
but it's out there. So anyhow, and anyway, I'm trying to t- explain what type of investor I am and am not. I'm not a momentum guy. Um, I, I saw commercials for Visa when I was a kid. And let's put it this way. If you could afford, you know how much money the NFL has? If you could afford to sponsor the NFL halftime show, it's probably a good investment. You with me? You against me. Because you got to pick a side. This is a civil war of opinions. Now, Nike is one of those companies that was around when I was a little kid. And they do a lot of advertising. They get a lot of athletes that they put their brand on. And Nike's corporate headquarters is a mecca of work-life balance. They are a company to be proud of as an American to say they've done a really, really good job. Company-branded bikes. Employees are free to pedal from A to B. There's cafeterias. There's meditation rooms. There's a deeply discounted employee store where you can get any kind of athletic clothing you want. One of the best perks that they have, and I look at perks, is they have a child development program, on-site daycare, available to working parents, started in 1990, ahead of its time. It accommodates over 500 families, with 500 on the wait list. Oracle, for their part, they have a high school on their campus now. So you could bring your kids to high school and go to work, pick your kids up after work and go home. Sweet. So it's really interesting to watch perks and watch what great companies do. Those lucky enough to get a spot on the wait list or to get a spot inside say that it's it's tough to overstate the convenience. It's a company that is overrun with perks. I have an empl- a friend who is an employee, and the dude has, I think, the biggest closet I've ever seen for a male. Like, kind of crazy Like, you see Sarah Jessica Parker's shoe collection, and you go, wow, she's got 400 pairs of shoes. This guy has 400 pairs of Nikes. And you'll wear them, like, once. If. So now they're going to close that facility on campus, and they're going to replace it with an off-campus facility. And it's going to be run by Endeavor Schools. Nike's going to retain oversight. Prices will remain incredibly competitive. So it's still going to be an amazing perk. It's going to be 10 minutes away, though. And there's going to be space for all the families, almost all the families that want it. So there are no more waiting lists. And people are pissed. It's interesting, right? I told you that uh, I gave a speech at Visa and their HR department said, people, employees, millennials are more concerned. We give them great perks. Almost 9% of your paycheck is matched in some way, shape, or form. 3% in a cash account. So when you leave the company, you buy a house. That's pretty cool. 6% in the 401k. But the employees want sushi. Perks are interesting, and, and trying to you know get an employee is expensive, and trying to keep an employee is the right thing to do because getting an employee is expensive. You do have to look at these kind of things. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We'll talk soon. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
the writing is on the wall. It's written in green today. Broad-based gains are being seen on stock monitors across the floors. It's kind of fun. The Fed's going to be cutting the target range for the Fed fund rate soon is the expectation based on a jobs number that wasn't great and a downward revision to last month's jobs numbers. There's not a lot of wage inflation evidenced by the 3.1% year-over-year increase in average hours, earnings growth. It's, that's not much. It's, it's very Goldilocksian. You know, we talked about Goldilocks and the, the chick who broke into the bear's house and vandalized it and broke stuff. She'd go to jail if it wasn't a fairy tale. 10 of 11 sectors are up today. That's broad-based. That's just saying, okay, we feel the old U.S. economy is going to benefit. Paying less on our credit cards, paying less to buy cars, paying less to borrow money to build buildings. That's the thought. So the S&P 500 is up 4.3% for the week. I was getting gloomy last week. Trump and his, you know, tariff man, tariff man stuff was just was starting to wear on me. And then what a week, what a, a difference a week makes, correct? Anyhow, what else is up there? There's a company called PagerDuty. It's been one of the strongest IPOs this year. I know you're saying, I want to talk about Beyond Meat. It's been the strongest. Um, take a look at it and learn. What they do is it's cloud-based platform harnesses. Digital signals from any kind of device sends that data to human teams and then orchestrates appropriate responses to resolve problems that arise during digital transactions. Like, this wasn't even a business 10 years ago, right? Maybe even five years ago. If a consumer is trying to make a purchase through their mobile phone and proceeds to the checkout function, but is unable to complete the transaction because it times out, this company's software analyzes the cause and sends the data to the appropriate response team. It's pretty cool. So it's called Pager Duty. It's a company that I'm just starting to look into. The ongoing digital transformation in our lives for retailers. If you've not been to a retailer, do you want a receipt? Do you not want a receipt? Like, whoa. Uh, do you want us to email you the receipt? Yeah. I don't want to be in the business of selling receipt paper, if you know what I'm saying. Even though it's still a good business, they've had to expand into selling like styrofoam containers. Whoops, don't buy styrofoam containers. California says, no, no. But you get the idea that you have to be careful about some of the businesses you get into and some of the businesses that destroy other businesses. The trend towards digital commerce, not new. It's not like I'm, I'm dropping a bomb on you. Did you know that you could pay with your phone? The incident management aspect of digital commerce is an up-and-coming field. The company believes that it has only penetrated about 1% of the $25 billion addressable market. That's a pretty bullish dynamic. You should be able to make money off an IPO like this. If they take that money that they get from going public and say, we're going to build a bigger team. You kind of want to pay attention to the salaries of the chairmen and the you know stock compensations and issues like that because if you're going to invest in it, you you want to make sure you're not you know letting how shall we say the management fleece the company. The company has a convenient self serve model. 
The main focus behind the robust growth is its customer base. This quarter, it added 468 new net customers for a total of 11,680. That's good growth. It's also launching new products and adding new features. I could see a day where this company gets acquired. Maybe it's a Visa. Maybe it's a MasterCard and American Express. Maybe it's someone like a Venmo. Company's scratching the surface as the digital transformation continues. Um, just stop and think for a second of a little history of you. Do you remember writing checks? I don't write checks anymore. And when I do, it feels weird. Do you remember visiting ATM machines? I don't visit ATM machines anymore. And when I do, it's like, this is dirty money. This is gross. People have touched this before. Yeah. So the stock's expensive. But again, maybe you like IPOs. I tend to have standards. And back in the day, I would say, I want to marry a woman who's got 32 teeth. I want to marry a woman who's got a college degree. I want, like I, Those were some of my standards for what my life partner should be. You should have standards, too, when it comes to investments that go inside your portfolio. You may want, say, like, I want a company that's not evil. And you may look at Amazon and say, they don't pay people enough, and they're going to replace all those people with robots. And he's probably building a Darth, uh, uh, Death Star behind the moon. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if in the middle of the night, Jeff Bezos gets in, like, Darth Vader costumes and just goes around town? Okay, maybe not. But one of my standards is I can't really buy a company until it's been one year old. I know you're saying, really? I try not to. You make some exceptions on occasion. When Facebook went from 42 to 28, I got some. It went lower. And I felt like, uh-oh, I got in too soon. But then it goes from 28 to 100, 150. So I broke my own rule. There's another IPO right now called Zoom Media. And I'm looking at it because I want to know more about the up-and-coming technologies and what side to be on. Like the company I just told you about, PagerDirect. Digital transaction and finishing the deal, it's important. Because I've been at the checkout before and tried to pay with my... Uh, uh, you know, my iPhone. And every time the software update comes out, it delinks all my cards. It makes Hulk angry. So Zoom Video, ticker symbol ZM, made its IPO in April of this year. They provide a very easy-to-use cloud-based video conferencing service called Zoom Meetings. It enables face-to-face -face video communications for thousands of people in a single meeting across different devices and locations. That's one of the big things in, in corporate America right now. Why don't you work from home so we don't have to give you an office here? Great for companies who hold video meetings and uh, employees at different locations or on the road. Learn more about me at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.